0: Is more easily bored in relationships, men or women? Women. If women are more easily bored, why are they more likely to want marriage and
1: commitment?
2: Status.
0: If women are strong and independent and don't need no man,
3: why does the pressure of marriage and commitment typically come from women? They're liars. Ladies, let's talk about these red flags that we be seeing, but we be ignoring them because we just be so old so in love with these right. He's staying at home with his mama. His bed on the floor at his mama's house. He ain't a Russell. His wall, his, his 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 TV don't even have a steam. It's just leaning on the wall, right? He ain't got no job. He ain't trying to get no job. He ain't got no real hustle that's making real money. I mean thousands or at least hundreds a day. Mm-mm, he ain't got that, right? He riding around all day in your while you at work. Mm. What about the goals that he don't have? What about the ambition that he's lacking? What about the five, you know, a five year plan? He ain't even got a year plan. He ain't even got a six months plan. What about the driver's license he do not have? What about the light, the, the id card didn't even got an id card didn't even got an id like what what about the fact that he always want to go out every weekend babe i said all that to say i'm not judging you i was her i was her i was you okay and i finally came to the conclusion that why when you see all that that they doing and they showing you what they bought why oh he got good listen good can't get me nowhere but hard times when i was with a shit, who wasn't buying wasn't trying to have shit, and had no intentions on having shit. all good got me was a heartache and a wet shit, okay that was it. so what are we doing here ladies what are we doing i said what i said i really hate it when men are like if i'm
4: paying all the bills then you should at least be cooking and cleaning the house i should come home to a meal
2: um miss ma'am if your man is paying all the bills, he absolutely should be coming home to a homemade, warm meal waiting for him on the table when he is ready to eat. And not only that, his house should be spotless and you should be very appreciative of it waiting for him at the door, looking your best, ready to give him that Gawk gok 3000 throat go. But carry on
4: If I wasn't here you would still be paying the bills <laughs> the things that you do that you consider is for our marriage you would be doing if you were single
2: okay yes you're correct as an adult we have to pay bills but if you have a man that is paying bills and you are now included in that man's life those bills multiply so I don't really understand where you're coming from when you're saying that he would have to pay bills regardless if you're there or not. You are an added expense. And again, he is paying all the bills. Where is your appreciation for that? But again, carry on.
4: When you get benefits from your job, I don't really get those benefits.
5: You do.
2: If That is completely incorrect. If you are actually a wife of a man that is receiving benefits, you are privy to those benefits. You are privy to his insurance. You're privy to his 401k. You're privy to all of those things. So I, again, don't understand where you're coming from, but he is paying.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason has returned to KBLA talk 1580. You're, you're listening to the clips just like I'm listening to those audio clips. Just another example of how insane we are when it comes to interpersonal relationships. Now, listen, if people are married and they have these types of thoughts and ideals about relationships, no wonder they fail. Boy, when I come forward, Zoe Williams' topic is going to cook! Reasons.
6: Reason. The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening disappear. to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk
5: 1580.
6: <laughs> <laughs> you know you want some more. More. It's The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: My friends and family, the voice of reason has returned. My playlist is my co-host, none other than the legendary, the incomparable, Miles Davis. The name of this track is called Lonely Fire. We about to bring some fire tonight. Tonight's topic, what is a high value relationship? What makes you, your significant other, and the relationship itself valuable? A deeper look at how to accrue relational equity. Let it ride for a second. Just let it ride. Oh. What makes a relationship valuable to you? 1-800-920-1580. What do you consider valuable? A high-value man or woman? 1-800-920-1580. Conversely, what is a low-value relationship? What is a low-value partner? I like to call them deadbeat partners. How do we even get introduced to deadbeat partners or low-value partners? How do they show up in our lives is it like the lottery? They just show up? 1-800-920-1580. Hmm? Can high expectations ensure the acquisition of a high value mate and or relationship? 1-800-920-1580, call me, call me, call me. What is your definition of a dysfunctional relationship? What is your definition of a healthy relationship? How healthy are you? Are you dysfunctional? Do you even know what makes you dysfunctional? Do you know what makes you healthy?
7: Woo! 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 one 800 9 2015
1: 80 one 9 20 1580 This is a caller-driven show. There will be no disrespect tolerated. There will be no judgment tolerated. We want to open it up so you can speak your mind say what you feel what is a high value relationship what makes you your significant other and your relationship valuable Mm. is a material listen this is this is the question Don, don amici asked is materialistic transactionalism a type of relationship currency I'm spending my time, my energy, my effort. I got to get something back. one 800 15, 80. Oh, the phone lines are cracking already. What is a conscious relationship? Have you been unconscious in your relationship? How often have you discovered times where you were unconscious, going along to get along, lord 1-800-9-2015-80 whats a high value relationship i need to know sean from oakland california jump in here man and talk to me man wow brother you got
7: miles davis in the background that's that's <laughs> they're not ready wow
1: they're not ready for miles are they
7: <laughs> no man I was about to, you know, chill like you don't even you know how to chill, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, <clears throat> this is a, <clears throat> excuse me, a very important subject, you know, because yes, I've been at that point where I was unconscious, mm. you know, because and I and I say this over and over, and I I feel like it, it bears repeating, so there's context, not because I'm trying to do. It's just, yeah, I've been with the same person for a very long time. And we have both been unconscious at certain different times in our um, relationship. And and then we had kids, you know, so – and then that changes everything, right? hmm mm-hmm. So – and by the way, here's something – maybe I'm hearing it wrong, but when people are transactional or, or – you, you played that clip at the very beginning, everyone listening – where the the uh, you know if your man's bringing home the money, you should have the woman should be doing all this stuff at home or whatever. But let me just tell you something. What about when both people have bank? It's not that's not even the issue. The right. financial thing isn't even an issue. Right. The the issue is, do you want to be with this person? Do you want to develop this relationship? And I always put that out there. Um, you know, when I'm thinking of it, because I've thought about this subject. You, put, you framed it in a beautiful way. It, it's that, you know, there's lots of people that um, are successful in relationships that don't have a lot of money.
1: Mm, go ahead, go ahead.
7: Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and I know a bunch of people, and by the way, um, that have successful relationships that don't have a lot of money and it has to do with something that maybe um you know it took me many years to figure out and i don't i don't want to even say i figured it out i feel like i'm i'm a work in i'm your whip i'm a work in progress cuz i'm always trying to learn which is that there's always something that you can do for that person that that you really care about you really care about because if you're just worried about are you going to keep my house clean cuz I bring home and pay the bills? You don't really care about that person. You want your mother. You want someone that did that when you were a kid. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding or you maybe you had, you know, housekeepers and stuff all the time, you know? Maybe that's a different view of it. You know, I'm saying whatever it is, you were spoiled in a sense that you don't understand that You don't really want to be with that person, you know, and and I'm saying that's okay. That's not my business. But I'm saying if you want a really significant relationship that really has growth potential, then you really have to have that love for one another in which, you know, you're always trying to make them happy, and you're not going to do that all the time. And then sometimes you're going to make them unhappy, but you have to acknowledge the fact that you screwed up. And we're always going to screw up. And, and that's human nature. And, and that's what I learned because, you know, there was a point in time, you know, I'm thinking of my baseball thing and all that and teamwork and all this and lift up this and lift up the weakest link and all that and do what I'm thinking. You're, I, I'm hoping you're thinking what I'm thinking. Don't hope they're thinking what you're thinking. Just come to it with, I really care about you. I really think you're an amazing human being. I want to be with you and um you know what can I do to make you feel a little bit better here? You know, and that is only if that person you feel that same reciprocal thing because if you're not feeling someone giving that kind of thing back to you then It's probably a short-term relationship.
1: Mm, Good points, good points. Sean from Oakland, California, in the building. We appreciate the call. As always, you aim for the fences and you land there. Thank you so much. If you want to bring your city into the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are open. What is a high-value relationship? How do you achieve a high-value relationship? how do you come into the relationship deemed as a high value partner One 920 1580 get to your phone lines right now let's go to chase nashville tennessee talk to me
7: what's up Zo uh
1: a high value relationship is going to look different depending on who the person is
8: what do you value in life so i'm a i'm a person that values peace uh Nurturing woman, caring woman. So that's what I would look for. That's what I value. And
4: I got that,
5: you know, in my wife. So I think a high value relationship is just going to look
8: different depending on what you value in life. Like some people value money, and, you know, those relationships hardly last because when the money goes, does the relationship not
1: have value anymore? So I think you. I think you kind of got to look outside of material things when you're speaking of uh, value in a person mm. or in a relationship. Absolutely. I agree with you, Chase, man. I appreciate the insight. Call in anytime, brother. You brought Nashville, Tennessee into the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me. 1-800-920-1580. Tonight's topic, what is a high-value relationship? Zoe Williams, the voice of reason, is live on KBLA Talk 1580. John from Richmond, Virginia. Get in here and speak on it. Peace, brother Zoe. Yes, sir. All right, man. I
4: think, uh, first off, to achieve a high-value relationship, I think it has to involve two parties that uh, uh, love each other first, mm-hmm. that love themselves first.
6: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: you can't achieve any type of value if you don't know your value. Wow. So if, if you know your worth, if you truly love yourself, uh, like you said, if you're a work in progress, then you can be an asset to whoever you're with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, both parties involved have to be willing to not only take accountability for their actions, but also uh, be able to play off each other.
7: Mm. There's a reason that Kobe
4: and Jordan could never be on the same team because they were too like-minded and they had similar attributes. Right now, if LeBron was fortunate enough to play with Kobe, that would have been a perfect team right there because LeBron is willing to do what needs to be done for the team and Kobe can drive them and, and carry them along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh also, the success of a relationship like the caller uh, a couple calls ago was saying isn't um, based on money, on any type of monetary value. You have crackheads out there who have better relationships than uh, some of the most affluent people out there. <laughs>
7: <'Cause> they, <laughs> they, they have
4: that symbiotic relationship where you got one person that may uh, distract the, uh, w- whatever their target is, while the other person goes in their pocket and pickpockets them. And they're able to function like that because they have a common goal. So I think at the end of the day, it, it just all goes back to a common goal. But, um, uh, that
1: that it, boy, ain't going to take too much of your time, man. Hey, man, I so appreciate you calling in and giving us a little insight. Thank you so much. If you want to bring your city in the building, that was Richmond, Virginia. But if you want to bring your town, your city into the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. What people don't understand is uh, there is a new type of relationship emerging. Modern relationships go beyond biological needs, And into the realm of emotional and spiritual support. Now, let me just say, that's not monolithically speaking. Because you still have a large number of society that operate on a low level of consciousness. And speaking of that low level of consciousness... I equate relationships on that level as relating to the 48 laws of power. See, when you're on a low level of consciousness, law number one, never outshine the master. Whoever got the power got the money in the relationship. So whoever doesn't have the power can't outshine the master. Power dynamics, there's a struggle there. And if it's a man... Know your place, woman. Ooh, 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 am I touching a nerve? 48 laws of power, law number one, never outshine the master. This is why a lot of broken men strive to be successful. Because if they're successful, they use their wallet as leverage to gain control of the relationship. And in gaining control of the relationship, guess what? You can't talk crazy. You can't act crazy. You can't even come to them in advocacy of them. They become poor listeners because their status in the world tells them whatever they want to do, they can do. And you are a part of their world. They're not a part of your world. Tell me I'm lying. And I'm not saying it doesn't go vice versa. Law number, number two, never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies at the low level of consciousness, are we not enemies sleeping in the same bed? When you harbor resentment towards your partner, are you not cultivating an inner enemy towards your partner? Huh? Oops. When you're you're practicing uh, financial infidelity, are you not practicing law number two, never put too much trust in your friends? And we should say loved ones, because many of us have grown up in a broken environment, which causes us to be slow to love, slow to trust. This is why we put trust and loyalty as some of the highest priorities. You got to understand highest priorities in low vibrational relationships, in low conscious relationship, high conscious relationships ain't worried about getting hurt. They're not worried about getting played. uh Oh, we're going to we going to we're going to we're going to break down the difference as we move forward. Law number three, conceal your intentions. You telling me this is not happening in low vibrational relationships? The concealing of intentions. I'm breaking down the 48 laws of power. OK, as it pertains to intimate relationships. Law number four. Always say less than necessary. You mean to tell me we we totally open and vulnerable in our relationships for the most part? Most of us are not. Do you see how the 48 laws of power are lining up with modern day transactional, low vibrational relationships? Law number five. So much depends on your reputation. Guard it with your life. That's how you got him or her. You led with what you do. You led with what you have. You led with what you can do. You led with your wallet. You led with your resources. You led with a mask. You led with a performance. uh oh one 800 I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. Law number five. So much depends on your reputation. So many people are dating and are married to their partner's reputation. They're not even dating or married to them. <laughs> Law number six. Court attention at all costs. Low vibrational relationships need you to focus on them. Low consciousness. Pay attention. Did you acknowledge me? Did you show me? Did uh, You're not present. Stay focused. Lock into me. Lock, no! Lock into you. Observe you. Observe your presence. Observe how you show up. 48 laws of power, 48 laws of power are lining up with modern day relationships. Now there is a segment of the populace who want conscious relating. Conscious relating is I'm relating to see how I show up. I'm relating to learn about me. I'm relating to expand my consciousness about who and what I am in this moment. Conscious relating is rooted in freedom, not expectation and outcome. Uh -uh. A conscious relationship is a relationship that's created purposely. Decisively and with intention, it requires clarity and choice around how you want your relationship to feel. How you like to love and be loved and what your boundaries and non-negotiables are. Now, many people's uh, boundaries and non-negotiables have the mortar of fear and ego. Ego. Uh oh. When we come forward, we're going to talk more about what is a high value relationship.
6: He's on, fire, He's on fire, tonight. fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams, exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to the voice of reason the with Zoe Williams. Reason with Williams, only on KBLA Talk 1580. 1580.
1: voice of reason. Back in the building, legendary Miles Davis. Round about midnight. Do you know what makes you a high value partner? Do you know what could make you a low value partner? As I've stated before, coming into relationships, we're all a work in progress. A whip. We're all a whip. WIP. We're all a work in progress. So nobody could come in as a bona fide five star high value person. There has to be some internal, psychological, right? Challenges that would cause some type of demerit. Most people don't love the baggage their partners come with. And the reason why they don't love the baggage their partners come with is because they don't love their own baggage. You don't love your baggage. You don't approve of your baggage. You don't accept your baggage. So you don't accept the baggage of your partner. However, that doesn't mean you won't cater to the baggage of your partner. Meaning, sometimes you'll do for your partner what you won't do for yourself in an attempt to keep them. Ooh! Sometimes your baggage is saying, do this for us. Ooh! 1-800-920-1580. The phone lines are cracking. What is a high-value relationship? The VOR is live on KBLA Talk 1580. The phone lines are cracking. 1-800-920-1580. Get in here. Talk to me. Let's go. Shaka Q, Raleigh, North Carolina. Me, uh, PC, yo. um, Shaka, PC, are you should have are me. Shaka, are you on uh, speakerphone or Bluetooth? Yeah, oh, my fault. Yeah, you door can't, door. I want to hear Hello, you clearly. Yeah.
5: There uh, we go, brother. I got you. Uh, peace of the family, peace of you, Zoe. So just want to jump in there real quick. When you were talking about the uh, second laws of power, and we know that's a lower consciousness in a, a hypothetically lower consciousness relationship. Never put you too much trust in your friends and learn how to, to use your enemies. And it's funny because not to sound cliche, but it's like one of the things they say is you're your worst, you're your own worst enemy. And so it kind of goes back to the reflection, or at least how I look at it, that, you know, if you look at yourself as your own worst enemy, then, you know, that it goes back into, as you would say before, if you told me before, dealing with your stuff, um, and, and not looking to others to fulfill you. And so to kind of jump into the high value relationship and what it means to me is going in with an understanding of, you know, the levels of, of consciousness and where I am. So I think that it, it, it ties into, it's very critical, um, to you and the other person that you're dealing with to ask those questions from the jump. You already know what you're dealing with, but ask specific questions of the partner that you're dealing with. So you can kind of gauge and get an understanding of where they are as far as their level of consciousness and what they want and their desires as it pertains to you. And, you know, when you're dealing and making an assessment of, you know, what, where we can go or where we are, you can kind of either, sometimes you can, Give somebody, you know, some literature to read or or, or lead them in a certain sense of, hey, this is where I am in my journey. And this is where, you know, I I can assist you as far as what as far as you on your own personal journey. But Ah, ah. coming to them. Go ahead. Go, go, go.
1: Can I push back just a little? Go ahead. What if the questions you mentioned are not for your partner? What if all of the questions you have are for you?
5: Oh, they most certainly are. Right. They most certainly are. And I'll go ahead.
1: No, I'm just saying for me, I think the old paradigms of relating have to die. Like the old paradigms say, come into the relationship and ask your partner questions to figure out where they are. But oftentimes Mm -hmm. we're doing that to figure out how our wounds are going to navigate in the relationship. We're looking for a soft place for our unhealed wounds to land. Why? Because our wounds are a part of who we think we are. It's a part of our identity. So we go in, even consciously or unconsciously, to make sure that our wounds, are, uh, their needs are being met. That's where the expectations are coming. The wounds are co-writers of your expectations. Do you see what I'm saying? And I don't...
5: I do, and so I'm um, just to be completely honest with you. I that whole change in my mindset, uh, my state has come after speaking to you and you kind of uh, addressing that and making that point very clear to me. And so um, in recent conversations, shoot, just as recent as last night, that's how I approach uh, my conversation. It's like, hey, you know, I know it seems like I'm coming at you and I'm asking you and I'm saying things about you. you feel like I'm criticizing you, but I'm actually asking questions of myself and that's a that's a different kind of space to move in especially when it's very new and so um it still comes off as if i'm pointing the finger when i'm really not because my consciousness now at least my awareness now is that i'm really critiquing how i'm putting myself out to the world and i'm critiquing how i'm moving and moving and so it's still it's it, it, it's like I said, it's a very new space for me. And so it, it, it gets confusing at times. But when the women, when my friend or my friends respond to me, it's just like, well, yeah, I've heard that before, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes it doesn't it doesn't hit home for them. But I know that the message really isn't for them. It's for me.
1: So watch this. The clips I played earlier. Right. I'm not saying all relationships are like that, but a great deal of them are. That mentality represents the soul food of relating. It might taste good. It might be exciting. But ultimately, it's not good for you. <laughs> right? Uh, what? Well, you, you took care of one of my kids or you took care of your kid, but you didn't take care of the other kids. And you know what? Right. If I'm going to be with you, you're going to have to pay my bills. And this is the soul food of relating. Now, if you know the history of soul food. Massa gave the slaves the scraps. You talk about the mm-hmm. bare minimum. We scrapping in relationships because we're using only the scraps That fear and ego feed us. And we call it a high value relationship when it's really a highly manipulative relationship, a highly disrespectful relationship, a highly... Uh, 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 mercenary as long as you do for me I'm gonna do for you as long as you say you love me I'll say I love you and when you do I do you doing for me causes me to do for you this is soul food relating man what happened to big mama in the movie soul food she was in that bed <laughs> after making that big meal she was in that bed what are your thoughts Shaka?
5: So I, I I got a qu- I got a question for you and I, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. So what do you I I deal in big pharma, right? And so I work in in, in
1: corporate society. Wait, wait, and so, Shaka, 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 before you ask ahead. that question, I'ma hold you over. When we come forward, I'm going back to Raleigh, North Carolina. We on fire tonight.
6: Is it good to you? Good to you? More voice of reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. Come forward.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Miles Davis. Blue and green, absolutely my favorite record of all time. I'm tired of our talent being the best representative of our potentiality of our spirit, our relationships are supposed to reflect that. Relationships are tough because relationships force us to look at self. We have to shift from physiological needs. Yes, it's important that the bills are paid. Yes. Right? It's important that there's food in the cupboards. Yes, it's important that you have shelter. But there are many wealthy people married in a cohabitation ship that are miserable. Right? Physiological needs are not the only thing relationship is supposed to provide. We understand that safety needs are important, security, safety. But as we go up the pyramid of conscious relationships, belongingness and love needs, intimate relationships, friends, esteem needs, prestige and feeling of accomplishments, achieving one's full potential in their creative process, self actualization as you get higher up the pyramid of consciousness, it becomes more and more of an inside job. What you leave undone shows up as a relationship. What you leave undone internally shows up as a relationship. And that relationship is a situationship. Designed to shift your consciousness from neediness, from greediness, from attention mongering. That situation shift is designed to get you to look inside and reconcile what is still hurt. When I come forward, I'm going back to my brother Chakra Q in Raleigh. North Carolina. Reasons. Reason. The
6: reasons that we're here. The reasons that we fear. Our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening disappear. to The Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580.
0: Heard my little sis is buying a car. You'll need my secret guide.
3: Gross. No way. I already used Capital One Auto Navigator. I bet your credit score wasn't impacted at all. So, Ha. I got my real rate and monthly payment, had an amazing test drive at the dealership, and made the purchase.
0: Taking the easy way out. That's so you.
3: Still not getting it. That's so you. Capital One, what's in your wallet?
0: Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com. You know you want some more. More.
6: It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: Call back at five. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Stop this record. This record means too much. Then this segment is too short. Oh, I got to talk about this record. So move this record to the next segment. Lord have mercy. I got to talk about that record right there. Ladies and gentlemen, the voice of reason has returned to KBLA talk 1580. We have an amazing topic going on right now. What is a high value relationship? Right. Very powerful stuff. And I need your contribution. You have to call in so we could talk to you. One eight hundred nine twenty fifteen eighty. Chakra Q, please, brother. Yo, so
5: Just want to say, yeah, I just want to say I appreciate the vibes. I'm really, I'm really digging it. So, as I was saying before, um, you know, I work at Big Pharma, and so the it's funny that you mentioned the forty eight laws of power because talking to other brothers and sisters that work in in the same field um, is it's almost it's become our holy grail or our our ten commandments. 48 commandments, whatever. And my, my, my issue is that moving in that environment, right? And you go get home, you unplug and you're dealing with relationships, which encompass all relationships, right? Um, unplugging from that, 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 that doctrine and then plugging into your, your levels of consciousness and moving in, in that, in that spirit. It's like. It, it, we're, we're creatures of, of of routine and repetition, and so it's like it almost sometimes you embody, you start to embody what you do at work because you spend more time at work. So those forty eight laws of power sometimes bleed over into how you handle relationships, other relationships outside of work. And just speaking for myself, and I'm, I'm gonna hand it over to you. I'm doing like my shadow work is I'm reading, of course, your first book, The Relationship Dismount, and I'm also reading a book that you recommended, um, The Way of the Superior Man. And so in, in, in trying to handle those prerequisites and, and dealing with my own stuff, I, my question is, how do you how do you, how would you recommend switching
1: right from that so, 48 laws of power? Go ahead. I, I already know your question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to okay. answer it on the other side. Stay with me when we come forward. The voice of reason is going to deal with his question about how to get out of the 48 laws of power.
6: KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.
1: On the inside, they don't show their weaknesses. Yeah. How do you write women so well? So Williams. Reason and accountability. The voice of
0: reason. To be a man that a woman respects. And on average, you have to be intelligent. Would you agree? You have to be intelligent. You have to be wise. You have to be smart. You have to be brave. You have to be capable. You have to be competent. You have to have done amazing things. Capable of doing amazing things. You have to be motivated. You have to be ambitious. You have to do lots of things. All a woman has to do is be loyal. What's actually harder? No. What's actually... No, I'm asking a question. What's actually harder? What's actually harder to pull off? Sticking by your man and saying I won't f- another dude, or going out into the world with no inherent value. Because what you don't understand is women. Women have an inherent value, right? You're beautiful, slim. You're beautiful. Men want to. No, no, you are. Men want to talk to you, no matter what. If you're a man and you don't get your sh- together, no woman gives a f- about
7: you. You need to get out there. You need to do.
0: You need to get money. You need to be smart. You need to be strong. You need to be intelligent. You need to be funny. You need. To, as a man, you have to go out there and get all this value.
1: So again, uh that's the brother uh who's taking over the internet. What's his name? Andrew Tate. And see, what people want to do is create dissension and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna tell you like this, I agree with Tate 100 percent. just like I agreed with Kevin Samuels 100 percent. do you mean Zo? Listen, what people don't understand or are incapable of discerning is that he's talking about a certain level of consciousness. In a materialistic, transactional, robotically reciprocal world, he's 100% correct. The man goes out there and does all of that He ain't got to do, if you notice, everything he listed was outer. There was no inner stuff. And this is how transactionalism helps men to avoid the necessary inner work. If they conquer the world, the woman is just a part of what they've conquered. So if everything else in my life I've conquered, my woman got to bend the knee too. Ooh, oh one 800 9 This is why so many wealthy people are in relationships and still miserable. They get more out of their luxury homes and cars and trips than they do from their relationships. one 800 9 Agree or disagree? Talk to me. Chakra Q, I'm going to answer your question. Come in here, Chakra.
5: I'm here, brother.
1: For people just tuning in. What was your question again? I remember, but there are people who are okay. just tuning in.
5: Okay, so in a nutshell, the question was, of course, living in in a work world. Let's just say the work world. We deal in the 48 laws of power as if it's the Ten Commandments, and that's how we move to ascend and and, and, and achieve success. And so on the flip side, when you disconnect from that and you are self-aware and you're starting your journey, you're on your journey and your path to consciousness and higher levels of consciousness and in in uh respect to a high value relationship how do you disconnect from that that frame of mind of the 48 living in the 48 laws of power because we're creatures of of routine so we're going to we're going to some of that's going to bleed over and so how do you recommend disconnecting from that and moving in a uh not just self-conscious but but holding yourself accountable um when dealing in relationships of in all kinds, friends, family, etc.
1: So really quickly, we're too poor to disconnect. Mm. I, I know it's sad to say, but when you look at wealth in America, the economy has about $135, dollars trillion in it. White folk got like $125 trillion of that. And... All you got to do is check out uh, Benjamin Carney, relationship scientist, professor over at UCLA. The textbook is called uh, Intimate Relationships, about $120. Go get it. And in that book, he outlines that the more money you have, the longer your relationships last. And he said, why? Well, because the more money you have, the more leisure time you have. So when a problem pops up, you guys can go on vacation. You're still mad, but the vacation kind of satiates the problem or maybe even exacerbates. But either way, you have leisure time. The uh, marriage of wealthy folk lasts on average three to six years longer than poor folk. Now, spirituality takes you out of the world. Do you understand? <laughs> it takes you out of the world. You can't afford to be taken out of the world. Because who going to pay your bills? Who going to deal with all the stuff that you got going? So it's a precarious proposition. When you look at black people in America, we have 2.6% of the nation's wealth about 6.5 trillion. white folk got 135 trillion somewhere around there 12500 some somewhere around there. We got 6.5. two <laughs> percent of that is in the hands of baby boomers. The other 0.6 percent is in the hands of everybody else. You two broke. For self-realization. Oh, Lord. one 800 i am going to go deeper into this answer when I come forward. Chakra Q, you brought North Carolina into the building. You want to bring your city in the building? All you got to do is call me at one 800 we have got a lot to talk about.
6: He's on, He's on fire tonight. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk
1: 1580. Here at Fresno State. And he said, Dad, is this true? And he sent a news link that said Kobe Bryant had died in a car crash. I mean, in a helicopter crash. And it was just so surreal because the moment he said that, it just was plastered all over the news. And I had this song playing... In my AirPods. And I refused to turn off the AirPods. I put this song on repeat. And I sat in the lounge for eight hours. And I just listened to this song over and over and over again, man. It just blew my mind. And I text my son back, you know, after a while and was like, he knew it was true. And I said, yeah, it's true. cold part is... In, in a basketball sense, that was his hero. You know, as a youngster, I would take him and his sister. I mean, I've been to about three or 400 Laker games. And I would take him to go see those games, man. And he loved Kobe. Got a chance to meet Kobe once during his AAU time games. Him and Lamar Odom. And it's just... It's a sad situation, man. Even to this day, man, I I mourn Kobe Bryant because he was just getting into the groove of the second half of his life. We dedicate this record, Portia, 1986, Miles Davis, to Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and all of the families that were impacted on that fateful day. Rest in peace, Mamba. All right. Let's get back to the topic, man. What is a high-value relationship? Rosa was on the line. I was going to go to Rosa, but I guess she couldn't tolerate the Kobe story. Call back, Rosa. Haru Ali from Battle Creek, Michigan, jump in here.
8: Peace and love to the family nation. yes sir yes sir (laughs) the challenge keep that support going uh you're not gonna get it nowhere else like this and certainly not for free yes
1: sir yes sir talk
8: to us listen um for me uh i was reminiscing on how many years i was in a, a transactional relationship especially uh before i started to get knowledge of self and our history and even in the first couple of years of that um it was still, you know, quit pro, uh, 304 after the divorce. It was quit pro 304. This for that. But as I continued to grow and in my knowledge of self, it was like, nah, if you ain't on, on some spiritual seeking the truth, um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to finesse me out of, out of nothing. I, I refuse to be in a relationship that way. It's just not going to happen so a high value relationship for me first of all your values got to uh be mutually shared
7: mhm mhm
8: you know your your spiritual journeys individually have to uh coexist and it's not about me having more spiritual knowledge or being more spiritual than you but you you got to constantly be on that journey that frequency ha- has to match It has to match for me. And so, listen, I might not be a high-earning man, but I'm striving to be of the highest values that I can strive to be as uh, a work in progress.
1: Absolutely. We appreciate it, brother. Always, Battle Creek, Michigan, Heru Ali. Man, you already know you got a seat at the table. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Listen, you can't have a high-value relationship unless you learn how to value yourself. Now, the problem with these ideas and concepts is that people are naturally narcissistic. So they'll take value yourself in a narcissistic way. It, it, your first law of nature is self-preservation. You know, they'll, 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 they'll become narcissists with it. And that's not the purpose. How to value oneself. First off, learn to acknowledge your inner critic without condemnation, without judgment. Right. Now, understand where that inner critic is coming from. Colin Tippin wrote a book called Radical Self-Forgiveness, and he outlined the inner critic as three different aspects of self. You have the critical parent. You have the adult version of you that criticizes you, and then you have your inner child. And he says the critical parent and the adult version of you, these are aspects of your characteristics or aspects of your character, they double team or jump the inner child. So when acknowledging the inner critic, you must do so without judgment. You must do so without the desire to change the inner critic. It's about observation. One thing about your interferes and wounds is that they don't like to be observed. They like to operate in obscurity. This is how they can continue to manipulate you. This is what makes you a low value person when you give leave to those aspects of your character uh, and you don't look at them. In an empathetic way, you don't look at them in a loving way, in an objective way. You look at them to try to change them and then they fight back. Why? How do they fight back? They remind you that they're a part of the identity you formed for yourself. Tough, right? Tough. Understand this. You want to value yourself? Learn how to compliment yourself. The aspects of you that are good the aspects of you that are meaningful the aspects of you that are on purpose the aspects of you that are kind that are empathetic towards others you want to learn how to value yourself learn to be grateful of any effort you put forward in the right direction sometimes we'll put the right effort forward and don't get the right result from the right effort and then we begin to beat up on ourselves because we didn't get the result. Then we begin to think that the right effort was the wrong effort because we didn't get. We're too focused on the result. Tell me this doesn't manifest in intimate relationships. Please tell me it doesn't. It does. Oh, I, I did it. I did the right thing. I I, I came with an open heart, and I, I you know I was open. And I didn't get what I wanted. So maybe I was a fool for doing that. Sometimes just be thankful for the effort. Gratitude determines the attitude and the attitude determines the altitude. Oftentimes we stay grounded in low consciousness because we're not grateful for anything unless it results in a desired outcome. That's not how life works. You could put your best foot forward and still twist your ankle. (laughs) And it's okay. Do you know how you twist your ankle again? Being fearful of putting your best foot forward again. I saw a young man on the basketball court break his entire leg damn near in two. Because a couple of weeks prior to that, he twisted his ankle. He's back out on the court, but he's tentative. This is why personal trainers will keep high-level athletes off the floor until they are comfortable playing again at the same level. You can't be on the court thinking about a previous injury. You can't be in a relationship thinking about a previous injury. Ooh, one 800 You want to become a high-value person? Be grateful for all your efforts that are done in earnest that are done in in an honest integral way practice some affirmations in the mirror how about that mirror work don't t- t- thank me later look it up mirror work right practice mirror work right give a little attention to your dreams here's a big one, you want to be high value. Stop comparing. Comparison It erodes relationships. Be happy in the moment of love. Be happy in the moment that you are you, you could be in a moment of great sharing. You could be in a moment of great caring. you could be in a moment of great love. And if you find a way to compare that moment to an external moment, to a past moment, to a projected future moment, you low value. You are low value. Stop comparing. Stop comparing money, bank accounts. Stop comparing cars. Stop comparing houses. Stop comparing relationships. Stop comparing wounds. Find ways to serve. Sanskrit word, Siva, devotional service to God. If there is no devotional service to the God within you and to the God within your partner, your relationship will suffer from relationship entropy. Entropy is the second law of thermodynamics. The longer a thermodynamic system goes on in time, the more it begins to break down into chaos. You will experience relationship obsolescence. In other words, your relationship gonna need an update like your iPhone. And if you don't get the update soon, we gotta update where we travel. We gotta update where we eat. We gotta update our activities. If you don't update it soon, the relationship will slow down like your iPhone 6. Find ways to serve. Serve. Serve the God in you so the God in you can serve the God in your union with another. You want to become a high-value person? Learn how to accept Yourself as you are, scars and all, darkness and all. So many people really hate themselves. Um, And let me just go back. The 48 laws of power deal with a low level of consciousness. It's how to be a mercenary in society. It's how to be A hunter-gatherer using social game rules. A hunter is a murderer. Can we... Right? You eat what you kill. Right? Relationship works in the total opposite. Right? You love and you grow from what you embrace. (laughs) You love and you grow from what you embrace internally. So many people are so ugly on the inside, they are afraid to hug a wound. They're afraid to hug a hurt, to love on a hurt. They'd rather floss their car Their house. (laughs) Their education. Let's go. Let's go deeper. The great Krishnamurti said, we have created society and that society has conditioned us. Our minds are tortured and heavily conditioned by a more a morality, which is not moral. The morality of the society is immorality. Because society admits and encourages violence, greed, competition, ambition, and so on. Which are essentially immoral. There is no love, consideration, affection, tenderness. And the moral respectability of society is utterly disorderly. Is utterly disorderly. A mind that has been trained for a thousand years to accept, to obey, and conform cannot possibly be highly sensitive and therefore highly virtuous. We are caught in this trap. Krishnamurti, Jiddu Krishnamurti from the book, You Are the World. This is what our relationships are made of. And we got the nerve to say they're high value. No, they're low value. A high value person has no expectations for his partner. A spiritually conscious relationship in comparison to the low-value relationships that we're calling high-value are actually very boring. Because they don't need much. Demands and greed is gone. When I come forward, I'm going to dig even deeper. Is it good to you? you? More
6: Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams when we come forward. forward.
1: You're going to have to dispel... Heal, observe the things that are neurotic about your character. You're going to have to deal with and address lack of self-knowledge. You're going to have to deal with and address, no, 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 let it, let's, just underneath me softly, softly, softly you're going to have to deal and uh, deal with and address self-righteousness your pessimism your self- dishonesty so many people are focused on external honesty be honest to me is what everybody focused on you want to become a high-value person be honest to yourself because the external dishonesty is a reflection Of some internal dishonesty, you telling yourself. You're gonna have to address poor anger management skills if you want to become a high-value being. You're gonna have to address failure to thrive, your procrastination, your fear, your doubt, your ego. You're going to have to address the areas of your life, the areas of your spirit, the areas of your consciousness that you neglect. You're going to have to address your poor listening skills, your poor communication skills. You're going to have to address your judgment of others and yourself. You're going to have to address lack of coping skills. Your inability to manage relationship conflicts. Your selfishness. Your avoidance. Your lack of mutual consideration. Your lack of intimacy. Your lack of gratitude. Your inability to acknowledge your own fault. Your inability to acknowledge your wrongdoings. Your inability to apologize for them. This is what makes you a low-value partner. It don't matter what you got in your pocket. Or that piece of paper that hangs over your desk. Or your zip code. It doesn't matter. You're a low-value person if you haven't won internal self-championships. Become a champion over your greed. Become a champion over your manipulation of others. Become a champion of your critical side. Man, the voice of reason wants high value relationships, but you get that through self-actualization. You cannot actualize the self while protecting wounds. Right? The voice of reason is here to question you on this. The voice of reason is here to challenge you on this. You want to be loved and cherished? Love your ugliness. Love, l- love it. I didn't say encourage it. I said love it. I didn't say encourage it. I said love it. Oh, man. Let's get Jerry from Beverly Hills in here. Oh, hello. Dementia patients may
7: not be able to have a viable relationship. What do you think? Wait, say that again, Jerry. Dementia patients may not be able to have a viable relationship, you know, those who have Alzheimer's, et cetera, what
1: do you think? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, and, and, and it might be difficult. You said dementia patients, right? Well, dementia, or, or,
7: yeah, or neuroatrophy, uh, Alzheimer patients. Oh, or
1: Alzheimer's, yeah. Or who have, uh, bad, lose their
7: memory, What do you think?
1: No, I think you're 100% right. They might not be able to have viable relationships because of, you know, loss of memory. You know, you you might, especially somebody with dementia. I remember my great-grandmother had dementia. and uh, Yeah. You know, she didn't always remember. But, yes, that that could be challenging for sure. Um, Your whole uh, life, not just relationships. It affects everything. Yeah, your family, everybody is affected. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I never looked at it that way. Jerry, I appreciate you for that. Thank you for asking that question. That was a powerful question. Jerry from Beverly Hills, we appreciate the call. Thank you so much, man. That was heavy. And he's 100% right. You know, when people deal with uh, parents that may be suffering from dementia, it could be heartbreaking, man. It could be heartbreaking when you walk into a room and the person who nurtured you and cared for you and brought you up doesn't remember you. But in in the same token, remembers somebody else, maybe remembers your friend. You know, the key to that situation is to not take it personally. It's not like uh, they are doing that on purpose. You know, they are suffering from a condition. Yes, but it is it is exceedingly difficult to deal with. But I know a lot of people want a high-value relationship. And as I always say, the high-value relationship starts with self. And as I mentioned earlier about being able to observe your wounds without judgment, I think Krishnamurti puts it in in a more succinct way. He says, the ability to observe without evaluating is the highest form of intelligence. Our evaluation of each other is typically very critical, and we must understand that it's not about criticizing. It's about supporting. It's about walking with our partner on their journey, understanding that we don't change them. They choose to change, and we can reflect things to them. When I say things, I mean the reflections that come from relationships uh, via conflict Uh, uh, serve as a type of curriculum and not everybody is really willing to accept the curriculum that is coming to them this is why we blame each other for a lot but when i talk about your dark side i need you to understand what i mean by accepting the dark side krishnamurti says it this way you must understand the whole of life not just a little part of it that is why you must read That is why you must look at the skies. That is why you must sing and dance and write poems and suffer and understand. For all of that is life. What he's saying in this quote is the good, the bad, the ugly, the disappointing, the dissatisfactory. It all has a purpose and you can't sequester one part of it. When I see the videos and all of the stuff people talking about, arguing, should your wife cook and and, you better have sex because I'm the provider whenever I want to. These are very low level conversations. When you are at a certain level of consciousness where you've conquered certain aspects of your character, you begin to understand that demanding things. And requiring things to be happy goes away. As I said before I came forward on the segment before, I said for many people, once you start elevating people on the outside, look at your actions and your interactions and your behavior with them as boring. You don't need the club to feel good. You don't need Ruth Chris to feel like you're appreciated or to feel like, you know, this person really likes me. Don't be afraid of your darkness. As Krishnamurti says, one is never afraid of the unknown. One is afraid of the known coming to an end. And if all you know is ugliness and how to manipulate and use, you're going to wind up miserable. I think my engineer is telling me I got to go to break. When we come forward, the voice of reason Shall continue this high-value relationship discussion. Reasons. Reason.
6: The reasons that we're here, the reasons that we fear, our feelings won't disappear. Disappear. You're listening disappear. to the voice disappear. of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580.
5: Yeah!
6: You know you want some more. More. It's the voice of reason with Zoe Williams on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: Quick story here. On Mondays I do the So What morning show. And a friend of mine by the name of Dr. Mark Woolston gave me the name to the show. And he named it after this song. He said instead of So What, do So What. This is So What by the legendary Miles Davis. Let's get deep. What is self-value? Self-worth is more emotional, how you feel about yourself. Self-value is more behavioral. Right? According to lifecheck.org, this is where we take the foundation of how we feel about ourselves and put it to work. Self-value is the driving vehicle that allows us to walk the walk and act in ways that align with what we value. Self-worth. Love yourself despite yourself. A high-value relationship is not always predicated on what's in your wallet. It's not always predicated On the letters behind your name sometimes it's predicated on how you feel and what you do for self right you're a low value person if you willingly hurt yourself right sometimes hurting yourself means putting yourself in a relational situation that you already learned a tough lesson from but you put yourself in it again anyway because it's familiar or eating the wrong things or not exercising or just simply not taking care of yourself how can you want a high-value relationship when you don't value self in feeling or in behavior again the Andrew Tate's of the world the Kevin Samuels of the world outlined a high value person, but in my opinion, it lined up with societal norms. And if society is toxic, then these are toxic game rules on how to play the game and survive. When I come forward, Zoe Williams is gonna wrap it, cause we killing tonight. The voice of reason is on fire. He's on fire tonight.
6: It's the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. More of the Voice of Reason with Zoe Williams right now on KBLA Talk 1580.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Voice of Reason is back. Tonight's topic is cathartic for me too. It's healing for me, too. I'm not a religious man. I'm a philosophical man. Tonight's topic leads me to the book of Luke. To the book of Luke 747. This is when Jesus is at one of the Pharisees' homes. And Mary Magdalene is there. And Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, her sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whosoever has has been forgiven little loves little. When you don't forgive yourself, it's impossible for you to love unconditionally. Listen to that. But whosoever has been forgiven little loves little. The forgiveness starts with self. The forgiveness starts with self. Looking at yourself, embracing yourself, loving yourself without judgment, and forgiving yourself for the actions of unhealed wounds. I love each and every one of you for tuning in. As I state before, all of these conversations, I just start them. You finish them. I never come across as right. I'm as wounded as you are, and I'm here to learn just like you. Tonight's topic was amazing. I appreciate you guys. I'll be back tomorrow, Thursday. Danny Morrison and Robin Ayers are about to cook. We appreciate y'all. I'll let at you later.
6: BLA 1580 Santa Monica.